Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The only daily Premier League podcast. This is Football Social Daily. Hello and welcome to another World Cup edition of the Football Social Daily. And it is the big one, England versus France in Alcor in a World Cup quarter final. There'll be England fans of a certain vintage cannot believe in that I'm saying that sentence. But yes, England-France in a World Cup Cup quarter-final. Getting ahead of myself there. England's biggest game for a generation as the defending champions stand between Gareth Southgate and another semi-final spot. Can Kyle stop Killian? Can England stop the Parisian bullet? Can Kane produce on the biggest stage? And most importantly of all, will it be penalty drama once again? We'll be previewing the game at the top of the list for today's podcast. All the big calls for Southgate and Deschamps ahead of a big, big, big night in Qatar. And then in part two, we'll be switching across and chatting to French football expert Jeremy Smith. He'll be giving us the inside track on Le Bleu. Maybe a few hints on how to stop Mbappe or He might be keeping it to himself, depending on uh, whose side he's on. And if the nerves can hold it to wrap up predictions, penalties and poses as the guys take a break from staring at the clock and test their World Cup knowledge. Yes, it is the Friday Quiz World Cup special. So plenty to get through. I'm Fergal Brennan, nervous on duty today. We have Marley Anderson and Joel Tudor. Marley, nervous? Not yet. Uh, I will be tomorrow. I think when uh, when the the coverage starts and it all gets a bit real. But as of now, I'm I'm safe in the. I'm, the more you worry about uh, going out, the uh, the the longer you pre- sort of uh, uh, extend your your vulnerable state and your misery. Yeah. So uh, you don't want to give it a build a big build up and then lose and then have it last till like next Wednesday or something. So. Um, I was trying to focus on other things tonight, and uh, then tomorrow I'll I'll come and I'm, I'll uh, I'll get the jitters a little bit. Uh, Joel, you were bragging before we started recording that you know you haven't even given it a second thought. Now that we've hit record, are you still as confident? I mean, the only reason why is I'm a bit conflicted at this time of year because I've been preoccupied with Home Alone <laughs> movies and chocolates, so football's been a bit of a back burner, especially because it's not on every day now. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm more confident for England now than I think I've ever been in a major tournament before in my life, so I'm just going to grab onto that feeling because before we know it, we'll be getting pumped out by the likes of Iceland again. Okay, okay, okay. Right. Uh, It is a big one, uh, Marley. I said in the introduction that it's the biggest game of a generation. Now, on the flip side, there was a semi-final against Croatia four years ago in Russia. That was a stage further than tonight. But based on everything swirling around this game, it's England, it's France, it's the World Cup. It is a quarter-final. 
winners, losers tonight, whoever loses is out. That's the end of their World Cup dream. This does feel bigger than Croatia. That's not to be disrespectful to Croatia. And it was obviously the first time since Italia 90 that England had reached a semi-final. But something, well, everything about this game against France tomorrow seems to be even more. It seems to be hyped up to the max. Yeah, it uh, it does, yeah, because <clears throat> I think with... Um... With Croatia, a couple of uh, a couple of years ago, was it was it twenty eighteen? It was Croatia, and mm. uh, you know, it, it with that, it was almost like England England should beat Croatia. Like, so it's it's kind of different going into the game when well, we all remember how that went down in the end. Yeah, it but like the build up was a bit different because you were almost like, well, well, if we play well, we'll beat them. But whereas with France, even if we play well, you know, we might not beat them. Um, the the way sort of the the memory of of England France for me is I think it was Euro 2000 and uh 2004 I think um or, or 2008 when we were winning 1-0 after 89 minutes and managed to lose the game thanks to two uh, Zinedine Zidane goals um I think it was and turned it round like that so there's there's sort of scars from the past um like very prominent in my memory there, so it's um it's a big game, but it's it's what you want from the World Cup. I I do wish this was a semi final, and not a uh, and not a quarter, because I think it's it's got that riding on it. I think whatever happens, I think England and France are, are two of the best, two of the four best teams in the in the competition. But obviously, it doesn't always work like that when you're gonna get someone like um you know like. Portugal and and Morocco in the in the other quarter final I think were better than both those teams but obviously the way the draw works it doesn't always fall like that so it's um that's the way tournament stuff works and we'll have to see if we can uh, we can overcome the odds a little bit and uh, and turn them over and get one back uh, in terms of lineup Joel going into the Senegal game there was big discussion over who would start would Gareth Southgate stick with uh, Phil Foden and Marcus Rashford from the Wales game? Would he bring Bukayo Saka and Raheem Sterling back in? He kind of went somewhere in between. Bukayo Saka started. Raheem Sterling obviously returned to the UK because of the pretty horrendous uh, situation that he was dealing with in terms of his family. He's now back in Qatar and back in the squad. But it seems to me very unlikely that we'll see a different starting lineup from the Senegal game. Southgate now has got his team there's going to be always disagreements with it. Jordan Henderson maybe wasn't the most fashionable pick, but he's more than proved his worth. Bukayo Saka, despite the fact that Rashford got the goals against Wales, has proven that he fits maybe more comfortably what Gareth Southgate wants. Do you think it's going to be unchanged against France tomorrow night? You'd think so, because I think the most important players going into this game are probably going to be the wingers, to be honest. I think in both sides, they're going to be the ones who actually change the game. But especially for England, I think the likes of Grealish and Foden are going to be as important, if not the most important, just because they give the team just an inventiveness where they're very different. They're not players who run at the fullbacks and try and get a cross in. They're players who unlock defences. And I think when you come up against a France team, which is very, very organised, one which will probably have to hit on the counter-attack a few times because I can see them taking a lot of the possession as well. It's going to be a very, I think, pendulum-swinging game, and I'll be very, very surprised if he ends up benching Saka, for example, because I think he would do well against Tio Hernandez on the left. And I think that anyone to be... I don't think Koundé's the most comfortable at right-back either, so I think anyone who he picks there, whether it's Rashford, whether it's Grealish, I think they'd have a good time against them. So I think the wings are going to be such an important area of the pitch. But, you know, when you look at France, I mean... They conceded in every single game so far in the World Cup, which is a promising sign, whereas England have obviously only conceded those two goals in the Iran game, the 6-2 win. And they were, ga- they were they were goals which, you know, England were getting a bit carried away in the game and they were almost consolation goals. It, weren't, it wasn't like they were goals that were getting Iran back into the game. So I think on that front, when you look at, for example, in the last six World Cups, each winner has only conceded three or less goals throughout the whole tournament. So it clearly shows that, you know, a good defence is pretty much pivotal to winning the World Cup. And on that front, I mean, England are the top dogs when it comes to goals conceded. They've conceded the complete least. So it's it's really good signs. I would never thought I would see an England team go into a tournament with such a secure defence. But, 
you know, then again, this is our first real, real test. But again, it's France's first real test. They've not really come up against incredible opposition either. So you've got to give credit to England for that. But I think it's going to be a very, very close pendulum swinging game. We've waited about eight minutes to talk about it, Marley. So I'm going to throw it to you, Kylian Mbappe, because all the talk, whether you're an England fan, whether you're a France fan, whether you're neither, is about Kylian Mbappe. And this gives me a chance to just jump into some stats based on the World Cup so far. So England fans, if you've been having nightmares about Kylian Mbappe, maybe just go make a quick cup of tea because... Based on the World Cup so far, he has been incredible. He's top for goals. He's top for goals per 90. He's a top for assists per 90. He's top for shots, top for shots on target. He's top for goal-creating actions and shot-creating actions, as well as passes received in the final third. What that translates to is he does everything. Scores goals, takes shots, takes people on, tears teams to bits. How on earth, Marley, do England deal with that? Well, firstly, there, when I, I uh, heard you say, well, we've waited eight minutes to talk about it, I thought it was going to be uh, a mention of Newcastle's uh, first silverware in, in years last <laughs> night when we won the Diria Season Cup in Saudi Arabia, but slightly disappointed to be talking about Mbappe slightly, but I'm sure we'll come on to the uh, the 5-0 win over Al-Halal later. It's, but... it's warming him up for when he signs for Newcastle. Yeah, maybe maybe in future as well. Yeah, him and uh, him and Callum Wilson up front be uh, be quite nice. But no, obviously you know Mbappe is the the centerpiece. It's it's almost like too much at the minute. I think you know everybody's it's everybody's just talking about England versus Mbappe and how they're gonna how they're gonna deal with him. It. It's almost disrespectful to the rest of the France the France team. Like Giroud's just become their their top top goal scorer ever there's Antoine Griezmann who's finding a little bit of form and always plays better for France than he does for uh, for whatever club he's at and there's a few other players who are obviously not exactly bad you know Chouameni Koundé uh, you know Varane everyone there's talent everywhere in that France squad but Mbappe is that good that you uh, you do sort of get drawn towards him you know we talked the other day on the podcast about Usman Dembele basically being a bystander on the other side because the ball comes to him so much less than it does with Mbappe. So, you know, one of the stats he said there was about um, passes received in the final third, and that means they just get they get the ball and they pass it to him. Like Didier Deschamps is probably not going to go down as one of the most incredible managers ever, but even he knows we'll give it to Killian and he'll kill someone. Like his his pace is ridiculous. If you go tight on him, he'll get behind you. If you go, um, if you step off him, he can come inside and and hurt you. I think the the curled goal he scored against um, uh, who did can't remember he scored against in the last round when he just whipped it in. Was it Poland? Was it? Yeah, I mean the one where he just whipped it in on the inside. It was like Christ, this this kid can score from anywhere. He doesn't need to run off you at the far post. Um, but it's it's one of them. It's it's up to England to to step up to that challenge now because that's what you get in a World Cup. You get play. You get the best in the world trying to win uh, win the World Cup, and I think it'll be his second World Cup at the age of twenty three if uh, if he does it. So, you know the the challenge is there. Kyle Walker will probably get the nod to to take him on, um, and it'll be up to Southgate to implement a plan to stop him because you can stop him. It's just whether. Uh, whether you can do it and keep the rest of his teammates quiet, because you know if if you go ninety minutes without Mbappe scoring, but you still lose three one, it's kind of pointless anyway, isn't it? Looking at it from England's perspective, Joel, the killer Kylian Mbappe is getting all this attention, and France, the star names that they've got. Didier Deschamps has said that England don't have any weaknesses. He said all teams have strengths, not many have weaknesses. They just have less strong points, and England do have some serious firepower. They're the top scorers in the tournament. As you say, tight at the back as well in terms of conceding or not conceding very many goals so far in Qatar. France do change up their back line quite a bit as well. Lucas Hernandez got injured in the first game. His brother, Teo, came in. Upamecano is a pretty much regular and Hugo Lloris in goal. But the right-hand side of the defence has changed a lot. Koundé, Canate, Varane, they've all had a bit of a run. Benjamin Pavard has, has seen some action as well. Where can England exploit France? Because I think, to give England their credit, they do have the ability to score goals. And I think, particularly in the last few years, they've got an ability on this stage to make an impact. 
I see it as a very similar situation to the questions that were given to Van Gaal when he's just about to go up against Argentina, which is that he made a good point that when they're in attack, when Netherlands are in attack, they're almost playing against 10 men because Messi partakes in absolutely zero of the defensive work. So they almost have an extra man less uh, to try and exploit when they're going on the attack. And I think I see it in this France side as well because Mbappe, whenever you've seen him uh, for Paris Saint-Germain or you've seen him for France, he's not the biggest when it comes to work rate coming back. I'd say he's a little bit more than Ronaldo or Messi in, in that regard, but he's a player that literally just waits. You just let him do his thing in the attack and when the time comes, he will win you a game. So that's why I think on that right side where you've got Rabiot and Teo Hernandez, I think that's the that's the area that might be the one that is exploited because you've got usually Upamecano, Teo Hernandez and Rabiot is almost like a triangle three. And I mean, if anyone's seen Upamecano's form for Bayern in the last season or so, it's not been great. I think he's got a lot of weakness in his game, a lot of errors in his game. And even Hugo Lloris as well. I mean, he is full of errors as well when it comes to Spurs. Don't get me wrong, he's he's, he's been in the France net for a good decade now and there's a reason why. But I still think this France squad have got a number of errors in especially that right-hand side. And so I think for Saka or Foden, whoever's on that right side and tasked for trying to exploit that, I think they would have a lot of luck because Mbappe is going to be out of that right side completely unless Deschamps kicks him into gear and makes him, you know, track, for example, Kyle Walker. But then I'm not sure if Kyle Walker will be a bit paranoid going forward because, you know, Saka's going to probably need to do some work to help him out. So it's going to be a very interesting tie that I think on the right side and how they actually approach it. But I mean, I was just going back to what Marley said about his earliest memory, and my earliest memory is exactly the same. It was that France game um, where it all started so well, and I was thinking, oh my God, England is so good as a nation. And then it all just capitulated, and then again against Portugal in the quarterfinals, I think it was, where I always remember Rui Costa's ridiculous goal from 20-odd yards out. And from that moment, it just kind of set a seed in my mind that this team just cannot keep a lead and it just cannot seem to overcome teams chasing them and trying to take the game. And we saw that in the 2018 World Cup where obviously Trippier scored in two minutes and then it just seemed like we had our backs against the wall for the whole 120 minutes left. And that's why I think in this game, I'm happy that those situations have happened because I'm sure Southgate, if we are to go 1-0 up in the first 10 minutes, he will manage the game a lot better than the Euros final, which happened again, scoring early and not knowing how to manage the game. And again, with um, the Croatia game. So I think this is the first tournament Southgate's had where he's going to have to come up against true quality opposition very early on and it will be throughout the tournament now if we beat France could be Portugal or Morocco if we get to the final could be Brazil could be Argentina it's going to be a three a a long line of really truly world-class teams so this is the first real test and I'm really interested to see just how he man manages the game because every single game where England have gone 1-0 up they've completely capitulated so let's see how the mental strength is if we go 1-0 up we're going to leave predictions uh, until a little bit later on in the show. Joel's given a little bit of a hint about which way he is going. After the break, we're chatting to French football expert Jeremy Smith. He's going to be talking about Mbappe, Schumeni, Giroud, Varane, Pamacano. The names just keep on rolling, but he might be giving England fans a little bit of hope because he's got a theory on how Mbappe can be stopped. So all that to come after the break. And then in part three, we are talking penalties and the Friday World Cup quiz. So all that to come after the break. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Welcome back to Friday's edition of the Football Social Daily. England against France is on everybody's mind this weekend. We chatted about England before the break and now we are going to get the view from inside the France camp with Jeremy Smith. Jeremy, welcome to the podcast. From the outside looking in at France, they've been absolutely brilliant so far in Qatar. Defending champions, injuries disrupted their build-up to the campaign. But Didier Deschamps has reconfigured France and because they've got so much strength in depth, they've been absolutely brilliant. What have you made of their performance so far in Qatar? I'm sort of a little bit torn between uh, what you said, whether whether I would say they've been brilliant or not. I think they've been better than I and a lot of people expected because of all the injuries leading up to the tournament. Pleasantly surprised, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say brilliant yet. I mean, hopefully there's more to come anyway. Um, against Australia, they started very shakily and went a goal behind. Um, Denmark, I thought they were extremely good because in theory that was their, their hardest match so far. Um, Tunisia will sort of write off, although maybe come back to later in terms of the depth in the squad. And then Poland as well. For a lot of the first half, they allowed a team who had shown pretty much no attacking intent throughout the World Cup so far to to have a lot of the ball and have some good chances. So it definitely hasn't all been good, but when they've turned it on for sort of short to medium term spurts, they have looked extremely dangerous. The front six, the midfield three and the front three has effectively picked itself because of those injuries and because they've been so impressive. But at the back, there has been a couple of changes. Lucas Hernandez's injury against Australia meant that he pulled out. His brother, Teo, came in. Deo Pamacano has been rock solid in terms of a pick for Didier Deschamps and Hugo Lloris as captain in goal. Where do you think there could be maybe a line-up change? If the midfield and the attack is going to be the same against England... Do you see there being changes elsewhere? I don't think there will be. I mean, the, the only the only changes I could possibly have seen were if there was a feeling that maybe Varane wasn't yet sort of up to absolute full match fitness and for, for this match, which I think is a huge step up in level for both teams. You know, and Konate has played well in the couple of matches he's played this World Cup. Possibly he'd have brought Kanate in, but I think he always would have erred more on the side of Varane if he could do. And the only other change I possibly would have seen Deschel making, because occasionally he can go quite defensive, is to maybe tag out Dembele and put in another midfielder. But as you said, I think because of the injuries and how it's gone so far, the team pretty much picks itself. So I don't, I don't think there'll be any changes. We'll talk about Mbappe in just a second. And we threw plenty of stats at the guys before the break in, in how incredible he has been. But I just wanted to ask you about some of the other players. When you're playing with someone like Kylian Mbappe, it can get very easy to just throw all the focus on him. But Antoine Griezmann in a different role has been excellent in terms of creating chances for France and for Mbappe and for Olivier Giroud, who we now know has, has broken the international record for France. Aurelien many in midfield has been superb, but Pamakano at the back has been has been really important. Aside from Mbappe, because we'll come to him in just a second, who else could be a real threat for England tomorrow? As you said, I mean, anyone who's listened to me on any other podcast knows that my obsession with Griezmann, I, I think he's just a superb player who doesn't really get the credit he deserves for his intelligence and his, his versatility. And maybe he's starting to get that now because he's he's excelling in what is an, a pretty much a new role for him. Um, but, um, you know, the same as the, the World Cup four years ago, it's him who makes France tick. It's, it's him who controls the tempo, him who can make, you know, put his foot on the ball when needed, but can also speed things up with, with brilliant one-touch football. He comes back and does his defensive shift. Um, he's a danger on set pieces. 
um, I, ju I just think he's fabulous and, and if he can be neutralised then it, you know, it, France will struggle to even get the ball to, to Mbappe in the first place um, and then you, you mentioned the other two forward players Giroud I think a lot of people would say and I'm certainly one of them that Benzema although he's the Ballon d'Or losing Benzema to injury arguably it could be a sort of blessing in disguise for France because it brings Giroud in who um, you know in theory isn't as prolific as Benzema but he's already got three goals and, and as you said broken the France record but also I think Mbappe plays very well off him he's that kind of pivot that Mbappe has been moaning that he doesn't have at PSG who kind of holds the ball up and, and allows the likes of Mbappe and, and Dembele the freedom to sort of run around and run around him and, and pick off his his flicks and I think it helps Mbappe in that he's now the undisputed um, sort of alpha male of the team there's no kind of you know ego rivalry with Benzema there so Giroud's important and then Dembele I have to say I'm not his biggest fan um, I, you know, I don't think he's ever walked past a, a brick wall without running straight into it. But he does have that flash of brilliance in him. And if, if there's too much focus on Mbappe, it leaves him a lot of space to work with on the other side of the pitch. Looking at Mbappe and particularly the battle that is expected with, with Kyle Walker in terms of two speed merchants and an experienced operator in Kyle Walker against a player that is developing into, if not already, one of the best players in the world and potentially he can hit the stratosphere in terms of where Kylian Mbappe can go. What is the perception of him coming into this game from a French perspective? Because they are defending champions, they've got a squad filled with talent, but it appears that there is this push for Mbappe to lead France into the semis and the final and potentially win it. And he has shown that he's got the mentality and he's definitely got the ability to do that. Would that be correct in that there is this idea that not that it's all on Mbappe because of the amount of talent that France have got, but he will be the difference maker against England tomorrow night. There's a good chance that he 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 will be. I mean, he's we know what kind of a player he is, and I think tomorrow will be a very tight game. So, if it if it comes down to sort of one flash flash of brilliance, the chances are it's it's likely to come from him as much as anyone else. But I've been a bit uncomfortable with the obsession. In the English media, but also in the French media, about you know making it seem like it's you know Mbappe carrying ten other players. Um, I think that's that's very harsh on on some of those other players, and I just think it's a slightly dangerous game with Mbappe because you know he's got a massive ego, and certainly so far he seems to be thriving on that. But it's a fine line. We've seen with PSG, it doesn't take much for him to sort of throw his toys out of the pram as well. Um, but you know, five goals and, and two assists so far. You can't really complain with that. Although I would say that I, I don't think he's played fantastically in any match. I think he's lost the ball a lot. He's also run into a few blind alleys, a couple of wayward passes, two or three missed sitters, to be, to be fair. But he makes so many chances for himself that, again, five goals and two assists despite that. So, yeah, he's definitely the danger man, but um, I think England would be silly to only focus on him and France would be silly to kind of try to play everything through him. Looking at uh, England's performance so far in Qatar, they're the top scorers. Uh, they've had a very good defensive record, joint with Morocco in terms of least goals conceded. Didier Deschamps said this morning that England don't have any weaknesses. They just have strong points that that are not as strong. Very diplomatic answer from Deschamps. What is the French perspective in terms of where England's main threat could come from? I think that that's why France are worried because I think arguably <clears throat> in the past and even the recent past, you could sort of say, well, you know, Kane is, is a proven brilliant goal scorer. That's the main danger. Um, but possibly it's difficult to name other players who, who kind of are going to give him that support. Whereas now you've got, um, you know, it's not even clear who's going to be the, the starting forward lineup. You know, Sacco scored um, two or three already. Foden, who had a couple of assists in the last match. Bellingham is the one that has really caught the, the imagination of the French players, or the French media rather. 
um, Sterling's back um, if he's in the in the right sort of frame of mind. Um, you know, there, there's there's so many dangers there, and as you said, the the defence is very mean. And um, you know, Deschamps manages. I I think there's so many similarities between the teams and the coaches. Um, one of them is that Deschamps often seems to get the best out of players who aren't necessarily in the greatest club form. I guess Loris, for example, or, or Pogba in the past. Um, I think Southgate is doing the same with Maguire, for example, who just looks like a completely different player for England than he does for, for Man United. Um, and I, I would say I don't think England have been massively tested yet. Um, I think that both teams' sort of progression to this stage has been really similar. Um, and as I said, I think it is a big step up for both. So I'm not sure how much to read into that sort of good defensive record. I think France have conceded three and one was that dodgy penalty at the very end of the Poland match. So, um, or four rather, sorry. But um, yeah, I, I don't think England have faced the same sort of level of attacking threat as they will do tomorrow. But I think a lot of it is about confidence. And I'm, I personally, I'm more and more convinced that with international football clearly taking a, a sort of backseat to Champions League football, and especially this time around with this ridiculous mid-season World Cup, I don't think it's necessarily about the best players or the best, you know, the best eleven that's put together. It's the 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 team that can sort of become more than the sum of its parts. The team that really can come together and play as a team. So it worked for France four years ago, where I don't think they, they had the best 11, but they played the best as a team. I think it's something that Deschamps has managed to get from France in the past, and that's, I think, the difference between Southgate and his predecessors. It's not necessarily only that they've got a, a good bunch of young players now. I just think he has them playing as a team, whereas beforehand maybe there was you know too much infighting or factions between the players from different big clubs, that kind of thing. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, in terms of the threat, there are you can name three or four players now who are proper threats. But for me, the the real threat is the fact that England are a cohesive team now, who you know heads won't go down. Maybe if they if they go 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 down, although we haven't actually seen that happen yet, so that would be interesting if France can score first. Um, but it's just that they've got that confidence of being a, a well-oiled unit, which I don't think they've always had in the past. And quickly, before we let you go, Jeremy, a prediction. We're going to get the guys to give us their calls after the break. How do you think it's going to go down? It is an enormous game. There's so much on the line, not just staying in the World Cup, but the status from an England perspective of beating France and then obviously France getting a step closer to becoming, I think it's only the second team to ever defend the World Cup title. How do you think it's going to go down? I think it's going to be really tight. I'm sort of leaning towards one all. And then dreaded penalties, and I think England will go through on penalties. Ooh, wow! I, uh, I have to be honest. I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't predicting that prediction. Uh, England to win a penalty shootout over France. A bold call, uh, Jeremy. I think France are possibly one of the very few nations who've probably got a worse record than England at shootouts. So. And I, I'd just back, back Pickford ahead of Loris if it came down to that. Ah, okay, fair enough. Uh, an interesting uh, line into how it could go down between France and England tomorrow. Jeremy Smith, thank you so much for uh, for joining us on the Football Social Daily. Thanks very much for having me. No problem at all. Just quickly before we wrap up on part two, uh, where can we check out your stuff social media wise? Um, so I'm mainly on Twitter, uh, uh, Jeremy Smith ninety eight, um, and then um, we're doing podcasts on French Football Weekly. And I pop up every now and again on Get French Football News as well. Okay, brilliant stuff. So uh, don't forget to check out Jeremy, see if his prediction was right after all. We're going to take a break here on the Football Social Daily. After the break, the guys are back in business. Predictions, penalties and posers. The World Cup quiz and who will be taking penalties for England if, as Jeremy predicts, it comes to the crunch. Back in a second. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Welcome back to Friday's edition of the Football Social Daily. Obviously, we are in World Cup mode, the big one this weekend, England against France. Before the break, Jeremy Smith gave us his view on how France are expected to do against England. But we're going to switch back to the guys now. Marley, Joel, we're going to get your predictions on this. But before we go to predictions on the game, we've got something slightly uncomfortable to talk about, and that's penalties. Now... Fans with short memories, England fans with short memories, have got good experiences of penalty shootouts because Colombia in World Cup 2018, but then soured by Euro 2020. But in reality, Mali, it's not gone well for England in penalty shootouts. If it goes to penalties against France tomorrow night, do you feel that a, a barrier has been broken or will you still be in bits sobbing on the floor? <laughs> yeah, I'll be... Uh... Watching it from behind a cushion, sort of thing. Uh, I don't think that um, that feeling if, would, will ever leave you. I don't think you can ever be confident in your team, no matter who they are, and even no matter about their penalty record, you can never be confident you're going to win a penalty shootout. So, if it does come to that, I think the the, the recent experiences I think will 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 help England. Um, I'm more confident about them now than I ever was, you know, growing up watching them because you might as well have just given up the game if England went to penalties in any time between sort of 2000 and 2015 16 sort of thing it was it was a waste of time but I think with now you know you know the, you almost hope that um if it did go that far the the um the euros final could help in in a way where you know sometimes you see things go full circle and you have to sort of um lose you take a big loss before you get a big win and it sort of mirrors itself like I can see England playing France going to penalties and Saka Rashford and Sterling scoring the penalties like the the three that missed in the Euros final I can see them all scoring the penalties and England win and then the the sort of headlines are written there it's almost written in the stars that they came came full circle around and and missed two years ago but now you know win uh win the um the World Cup uh, World Cup quarter-final uh, a couple of years later. So I hope it kind of works out like that, really. Um, but you never know. I'd rather just beat them 3-0 in normal time and get it done with. But you can't really you can't really ask for that. So you take it however, however it comes. Even if Harry Maguire runs up and uh, sort of heads a penalty in in, the, in a world first, I don't care. And Pickford scores the winner. I, I really don't care how it comes as long as England get, uh, get through to that. That um, semi-final next Tuesday, that'll be uh, that'll be the, the main mission. Joel, everybody puts themselves in a position, like Marley, where they say they don't want stress, they don't want panic, they don't want to be chewing their fingernails down, they just want to get through. But ultimately, penalties is, is a conversation that fans will be having if we get to late on in the game and you get to extra time and decisions will have to be made by Gareth Southgate and everyone themselves will be debating and talking who will take a penalty who shouldn't take a penalty and England that that win over Colombia did break a long long streak of losing penalty shootouts but there's still decisions to be made and, and looking at the five takers from Euro 2020 and the five takers from World Cup 2018 only Jaden Sancho is not in the squad this time <clears throat> this time round if Southgate wants he can pretty much replicate the same takers from both shootouts. Now, Harry Kane is the only one to have scored in both. There's been a mixed record for other players. But Saka, Rashford have both been asked, would they take a penalty? And the answer was resoundingly yes. And you'd have confidence in them. Saka's taken penalties for Arsenal this season as well. If it comes to the crunch tomorrow against France, who are your five takers to take a penalty? 
Well, I think if we remember in that game as well, and I hope Southgate learned a big lesson, which was that don't bring on substitutes who've not touched a ball to basically kick the most important kick they've ever done in their careers. I hope that doesn't happen again. Um, and obviously, if we remember, France have just recently lost a penalty sh- penalty shootout in the Euros where Mbappe was the guy who actually missed. So both teams are coming off losses from World Cup or Euros penalty shootouts. But I think the five for me is obviously Kane. He's an absolute sure fit. He should be the first one taken. Um <sighs> I think Saka would definitely step up this time round. I think he would 100% want to avenge all of that rubbish that came before and after his miss. Um, try to uh, Probably Declan Rice as well. He'd be another sure fit. I'd probably give Jude Bellingham one. I think he'd be someone who would want to be first on the team sheet, or, or the penalty sheet, sorry. And it depends who's on the pitch, but I think probably Rashford or... I don't know if I trust Henderson. I just have a feeling already that he'd probably miss. Um, I just he just has that look of like you know trudging up to the penalty spot, looking knackered and just like giving the work. Uh, yeah, I just wouldn't trust him in that situation. But yeah, honestly, I don't really care to be honest who takes them because France are going to be in the exact same predicament, which is that they they lost the penalty shootout recently and they need to avenge something as well. So I think regardless penalties, it's just a potluck. Uh, situation of how how well can you hold your nerve and I just hope that the experience England have had in penalties in both two tournaments now the last two tournaments stands them in good stead because I just think the game management in the last one was so poor that it literally aided uh, Italy winning that cup Uh, Right, before we move on to the quiz predictions, Marley give it to us uh, Really good game from a neutral perspective I think um, not that we're going to feel that because we're just going to be nervous about what <laughs> what the hell happens. Um, I can see it going going to at least extra time. Um, I honestly can't pick who's who's going to win, so I'm just going to go with the uh, the St George's influence and say England to win it in extra time two one. Joel, go on. Yeah, I think in the in full time, I think it's going to be really close quartered probably nil nil in full time and I, I do think England will win it in extra time as well that's purely just because I think England have got a little bit better depth compared to France when it comes to the later stages Okay, two for two from the Football Social Daily team uh, we're all going to see how it goes down I'll be back on Sunday with a review show alongside Jay Motti and Rob Blanchett will it be England will it be France all will be revealed right before we wrap up I did promise you a little quiz which means question time okay so we're going to end the podcast with uh, some questions Joel I'm going to let you go first this time because I think Marley went first last time so we're going to switch it up a little bit okay okay smashing stuff right so it is an England uh, quarter final themed quiz okay Uh, now I've been kind based on all of our ages and I've not gone too far back into the archives so it's only England quarter finals in the uh, Premier League era okay Right, smashing. Right, Joe, so we'll start with you. Usual rules, one answer, and that's your lot, okay? Right, so, Joel, England's 2002 World Cup exit was dominated by Ronaldinho's wild winner against David Seaman. But who scored the Three Lions' opening goal in Shizukoa? So it was 2-1 to Brazil at the end. Oh, it was Michael Owen. Who scored England's goal? Correct, it was Michael Owen. For the second quiz in a row, Michael Owen features... Uh, yes, it was Michael Owen, but ultimately it was uh, worth nothing because Brazil went through and England... And England went <coughs> and up. England what bowed did it out. <laughs> uh, right, so Marley, we're going to move on to you and we're going to go on to 2006, OK? Yep. Right, so England's 2006 shootout defeat to Portugal was dominated by Rooney and Ronaldo and the infamous Wink Gate. <laughs> Three England players all missed from the spot in England's worst performance in a major tournament shootout. But which former Manchester United player was the only one to score? Little clue here. He wasn't at United at the time. He signed for United further in his career. But he was the only one to score. Who was it? Oh, God. I was hoping you were going to say who missed because I'm pretty sure Darius Vassell, I remember, missed one. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. Um, that well. So he played for Man United. He didn't play for Man U at the time. Correct. Oh, um, got this one. Was it Owen Hargreaves? 
Correct. It was, it was a quality right. penalty one, as well. One for one in this. Uh, in this, I remember everyone saying, uh, "Oh yeah, he's he's a good penalty taker because he's not English. <laughs> he's born in Canada <laughs> and, uh, to that, German parents and whatever." <laughs> that uh, that proved to be the case. Yes, Owen Hargreaves was the uh, was the hero. One of a very short list of players who scored two. Uh, penalties in a shootout for England. So, uh, good record for Hargreaves. Right, uh, Joel, question three, question two for you. En route to the semi-finals in 2018 in Russia, who did England beat 2-0 in the quarterfinals? I was Sweden. Uh, I remember working that day. I was in the airport back oh, in uni. I just heard the whole airport erupt where everyone on the beverages watching it on the screens. It was a great occasion that... Yeah, correct, Sweden. I thought that might be a bit of a, a Swedish banana skin, but no, uh, you got past it. Right, uh, question number two for you, Marley, and question number four overall. Quick disclaimer, you've both absolutely ruined this question because you've already answered it in terms of what you were talking about. So the original question was, France on the horizon this weekend, but England haven't always had it easy against them in recent tournaments. Back in Euro 2004, France scored twice in added time to win 2-1 against England. Who scored both goals? And we now know that it's Zinedine Zidane. So I've I've reworked the question. This is the beauty of live recording. It was 2-1 on the night. Zidane ruined it for England. Who scored to open the game for England? Oh, bloody hell. You've only got yourselves to blame for knowing about Zidane. I know. I should have just kept quiet. Uh, was it? Was it? Was it a defender? Do you know what? In the interest of fairness, I'll give you a little clue. No, it wasn't a defender. It was a midfielder. Oh. Oh, God. Was it Gerard? Or was it Lampard? Oh, who are you going to go for? Oh, God. The ultimate England uh, conundrum. Who are you going to go for? Gerard or Lampard? <laughs> Might go skulls and put him out on the left. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Lampard. Correct, it was. It was indeed Frank Lampard. Right, so uh, final two questions. Deep breath. Right, uh, Joel, question number three for you, question number five overall. Ready? Yeah. Who has the best ever penalty shootout record for England? Three taken and three scored. Flipping hell. Um, is this an old player or...? Um, a Premier League era player. All in, this is all in the Premier League. There's no there's no trick questions. Oh, gosh, I don't have a clue. Could be anyone. I'm just going to go with Kane. That is incorrect. I am going to put the house on it that Marley knows the answer to this. Shearer. Shearer Bingo, Shearer. Joel, 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 Joel. Right, to win it then. Wait, did Marley, Kane not final... take one against Columbia... Uh, oh, we didn't even have two, didn't we? Two penalty shootouts. Exactly, yeah. Shearer, three for three. The only player, there's there's one you can dine out on uh, tomorrow night. He's the only player to take three, score three, no messing around. Uh, right, final question, Marley. Which member of the current 2022 World Cup England squad has the most World Cup appearances as a player? He has 11 as it stands, 12 if he features against France. Oh God! They've um, <clears throat> been to three tournaments, three World Cups. Three time. World Cups. That would be twenty twenty two, twenty eighteen, and twenty fourteen. Who was in that twenty fourteen team? Where was twenty four? Was that in Germany? Twenty fourteen. Brazil. Brazil. When Germany won, won it in the final. Yeah. God, I barely remember that tournament from an England perspective. Because we went out in the groups. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Henderson? That is incorrect. It is, in fact, Raheem Sterling. He is the... Uh, St- oh, I always uh, forget about Sterling because he's, he's so much younger than yeah, you Sterling think. Was the, uh, was the one. <laughs> right, so that's two all. Do I have a backup question? The answer is no. Uh, so I'm just going to basically go with the one that I had prepared earlier. Da, 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 da. Okay, right. Um... Fastest answer first. We're going to go with this. So whoever gives me the answer first wins the game. Okay? Yep. Yep. All set? Let's go. Perfect stuff. Right. Other than Harry Kane, so not Kane, that answer will not be accepted. Other than Harry Kane, who is the only current member of the England squad to take a penalty in two major international tournaments? Henderson. Nope. <laughs> Uh, he took one and missed. 
What was the last bit of the question? Right. In two different World Cups? No, just in two internationals. So it can be a World Cup and a Euros or, or oh, both. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Rashford? Nope. Rice has never taken one. Trippier? Nope. Trippier's only taken one. Oh, God. <laughs> no, Sterling? I wouldn't trust. Nope. I wouldn't trust. What do you say there? Sterling? I said Sterling. No, Sterling, no. I was going to say, you'd never give Sterling a penalty. <laughs> Uh, oh god this is tragic come on it's staring you right in the face he's scored in the world Wait, it's not Harry Maguire well, is it so far <laughs> no who has scored in this world cup for England come on there's this obvious one that we're Saka? clearly no. missing badly um, wow it's obviously not Bellingham no oh my Say. god why am I missing this <laughs> we scored that many. Think Gosh. about England's games. Who scored a goal? That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, England has got too many goals, man. Nah. Oh, Mason be Mount. the nicest fella no, in the England no, squad. Callum Wilson. No. <laughs> uh, Grealish. No, God no. I said Rashford did enough. He's not. No, you didn't I say said Rashford, Rashford no, ages ago. Rashford. No, no. Yeah, I said Rashford. Rashford got mixed days. in with um, Mash, Rash, Mashford. Rashford got mixed in with Sterling. That's why I said uh, to repeat it. You're too, you're too sheepish else. in the background. Oh, I thought, no, I thought he did. Uh, so Joel, eventually, wow, we got there in the end. Yes, Joel, you win with Marcus Rashford. Uh, a score <laughs> and a miss for Marcus Rashford uh, as an England player at a major tournament. But the big victory. Forget about France. Forget about whatever, you know. Tim Pot Trophy Newcastle won the real winner here you is you Joel thank you this is the real Audi Cup so hopefully make this it two for two Audi <laughs> Cup. Uh, you don't get an Audi unfortunately though but you just get the, the, the warm glow of, uh, of winning it uh, and you've got lots of penalty trivia so on Saturday when you're absolutely destroyed with nerves you can uh, you can wheel a few of those out uh, to, uh, to impress people or to just take your mind off it uh, we're going to call it there for today's edition of the Football Social Daily it is a huge game this weekend if you're watching the match have a cracker we'll be back on Sunday reviewing it obviously at this stage we have no idea how it's going to go down Marley, Joel thanks so much for your time cheers guys thanks guys great stuff as always don't forget hit subscribe up the top you can check out Sunday's episode and all of the World Cup content that we are doing and Building back to the day job. The Premier League is almost back on the horizon and we'll be getting stuck into that in the weeks to come. So thanks for listening and catch you soon. Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.